Hey everyone, welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Abby Rancor, your host, and thank you for being here. Um, sorry this episode's a day late. I was going to record Sunday, and then we just had like the best lazy day ever. So I was like, well, I'll record tomorrow. And then I got this crazy headache um, yesterday and could not record. I think it's because Denver has been rated like the worst air quality in the world. It was like number two behind this city in Russia that's like the worst ever. It has like black skies and then it was Denver. So um, yeah, I think a combination of all of these things just made me have this crazy raging headache yesterday. So I'm back today. I'm feeling good. I'm drinking water. (laughs) So um, this is going to be good. But today I wanted to talk about the Olympics. We just had the closing ceremonies a couple days ago. I think it was on the 8th. This is coming out on the 10th. So the closing ceremonies kind of prompted me to be like, you know, I wonder what the history of the Olympics actually was. And I wanted to touch on a few of like the big stories in the Olympics uh, this go around. So that's why I didn't do it over the cl- the opening ceremonies because I wanted to wait until the, the Olympics were over and talk about any controversial stories as well, which there are a few um, this, this time. So let's get into the history of the Olympics first. So as many people know, the Olympics started in Greece. They started in the year 1770. Whoa, I almost said 1776. They started in the year 776 BC. So a long time ago, it's like the ancient games. Um, So there was only one event to start with, which was a 192 meter foot race called the Stade, which is like short for the stadium. It was won by a cook named Korobis, Korobis. And this is not believed to be the first year that the games actually took place, just the first year that it was actually recorded. So they think it took place many, many years before 776. Um, But uh, that was the first time it was like written down and, and tracked. And that was the only one event. So everyone gathered for to just watch this one event. Um... The legend says that Hercules founded the games. Hercules um, being, of course, the, like, demigod, you know, character. So he was half human, like, and half god. But the le- the Greek legend says that he founded the games. Ancient Olympics were every four years, and they lasted between August 6th and September 19th during a festival honoring Zeus. And so it was located at Olympia in Greece, and it was such a big event that the period of four years just came to be known as Olympiads. So a period of four years is always considered one Olympiad, and 13 Olympiads after the first one that was recorded, two more races were added. It was essentially, like, the distances aren't completely known, but they think it was basically like a 400 meter, today's equivalent of like a 400 meter, and there was one longer race, but they're not sure how long that was. There's confusion about if it was like a 1500 meter or a 5000 meter. So there was like a shorter one added. Well, I guess there was a 192 meter, which is um, the shortest, and then they added two longer ones, 400 and then either 5000 or 1500. Okay, in 708 BC, 
the pentathlon was introduced, which was a foot race, a long jump, a discus throw, javelin, and a wrestling match. And then in 688, boxing was introduced. In 680, chariot racing was introduced. In 648, the pancration, which I think that's how, yeah, pancration. Um, it was a combination of boxing and wrestling event. It had almost no rules. So it was just like a free for all out there. Um, so that would have kind of been fun to watch. Okay, but then there was a huge decline of the Olympics. Now, I did not know this. I figured, well, I don't know what I thought because I know that the number of Olympiads would not add up to this going all the way back to ancient Greece. Um, but I didn't know that there was this big break. So there ended up being a huge decline in the games. The Roman Empire was conquered by Greece in the mid-2nd century. And the games continued, but it was like a joke. It, it was not good. There were instances like Emperor Nero, who was a Roman emperor, entered himself in a chariot race. And then during the race, he fell off his chariot. And then he, you know, I don't even know if he got back on and finished, but like he fell off and he for sure lost. And then he just got up and declared himself the winner. So like you can't have an Olympic Games where that's happening, you know? Um, and then the real like nail in the coffin to them was in AD 393, Emperor Theodosius I. He was a Christian and he was very serious about implementing his Christianity to the entire kingdom. And he called for an end to all pagan festivals. And since the Olympics, the Olympics weren't technically a pagan festival, I don't think by then, but they were still happening in the like during the festival of Zeus. So that Zeus festival was banned and therefore the games were also banned. Okay, then it took 1500 years to um to have a comeback of the games. So, Baron Pierre de Coubertin of France um helped to bring them back. He was like the main guy that helped bring them back. He really liked physical education and he had visited this, you know, the museum or the, the place that they had the first Olympics. And he, you know, started thinking, he's like, I think it would be really good to have a modern Olympic Games. So he ended up proposing the idea in 1892 at the Union of Sports Athletics in Paris. Um, so everyone seemed to like the idea. He got official approval for it two years later. And he was actually the person that founded the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee. And we hear a lot about the IOC, like now if you read any controversial stories about the Olympics, the IOC is mentioned a lot because they are the governing body of the Olympic Games. So he is the one who founded those. Okay, then we get into the modern Olympic era. So the first modern Olympics were held in Athens in 1896. There were 280 participants and it was from 12 nations. They were all male and there were 43 events offered. Um, so from then on, from 1896 on, every Olympiad is numbered even if there are no games. So for example, in 1916, 1940, and 1944, those three years were in the midst of either World War I or World War II. 
So no Olympic Games were actually played, but the number of Olympiad continues to count up even if there's no games. Um, another thing I should note, which I have in my notes later, but this is probably relevant now. Currently we have a, um, well, no, I'll get to it later. So the Olympic flags, uh, the Olympic flag debuted in 1920, which is the five rings representing the five continents that uh, are represented at the games and North and South America are combined as one ring. Um, let's see what I said something was revived in the 1924. Oh, the games were really revived in 1924. So it went on from 1896 to 1920 doing pretty well, a moderate number of participants, a moderate number of countries, you know, all of that. It was okay. But what, when it really picked back up was the 1924 games. They were held in Paris with 3,000 athletes, 100 women were among the 100 athletes, and there were 44 countries represented. So, so many more countries, and, and this was the first, like, really, really big one. So, because of the huge, you know, increase in size, this was the first time that they had a closing ceremony to the Games. Okay, then the Winter Olympics were debuted that year as well. Now, it wasn't exactly how we have Winter Olympics now because we have it offset in years. So, you know, how would the Winter Olympics be debuted the same year? Well, from 1924 to 1992, the Winter Olympics were actually at the exact same time, but they were held in a different location that was obviously cold. So, like, they would kick off the same day, have opening ceremonies, all of that stuff, but it'd be in two different locations. One was hot for the Summer Olympics and one was cold for the Winter Olympics. In 1992, the, both of them had gotten so big, the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics, that they decided to stagger the schedule like we have now. So we have Summer Olympics every, like, you know, fourth year. So 1992 would be an example. You have a Summer Olympics. And then Winter Olympics are offset by two years. And so you have Olympics every two years. Okay, so things have definitely gotten political in the Olympics before, um, you know, because we see, we see like some of the stories of this year were Americans, you know, kneeling, you know, kneeling at the anthem and all this stuff, things get political. And so I found an article that showed different times that things have gotten political in the games. So let's see, in 1936, Nazi Germany um, staged the Olympics. It was in Berlin and Nazi Germany held the Olympics and they used the Olympics to propagandize its Nazi cause, which I had no idea that even played a factor. Um, which was in the lead up to World War II. So that's kind of crazy. Um, in 1956, Egypt, Iraq, and Lebanon boycotted the Melbourne Games in protest of the Anglo-French seizure of the Suez Canal. And then the same year, the Netherlands, Spain, and Switzerland boycotted to protest the USSR's invasion of Hungary. So there was like a two, a, a double boycott. 
um, in Mexico City in 1968, two African-American runners used the victory pedestal to protest U.S. racial policies. So, like, yeah, clearly that hasn't, uh, you know, there's still protests about racial stuff today. I would argue that, like, in 1968, like, used, you know, well, I guess I don't know how they used their victory pedestal to protest. I just don't love the kneeling thing, but, you know, um... Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Protests, I'm all in support of protests, but it's hard when you're on the international stage protesting. Uh, I don't know. Um, but this is not the first time that that's happened, because in Mexico City, 1968, there were racial uh, policies that were protested on the victory pedestal. So... In the Munich Olympics in 1972, 11 Israeli athletes were massacred by Palestinian terrorists. So, I had heard about this, but that just is crazy. Like, I cannot imagine. I feel like in recent times, like, ever since I've been paying attention to the Olympics, things have gone so smoothly. And I just look at all these things and I'm like, wow. The Olympics don't always go smoothly, so it's kind of, um, it's kind of nerve-wracking for, like, the city that puts it on because things can go really wrong. Um, okay, in 1976 in Montreal, 33 African nations uh, to be represented by 400 athletes boycotted the games to protest South Africa's apartheid policies. Um, so I guess that is similar to the U.S. racial policies that were boycotted. Um, 1980 and 1984 uh, so in 1980, under strong pressure from the Carter administration, the U.S. Olympic Committee voted to boycott the games in Moscow to protest the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in 1979. Forty nations follow suit, including West Germany, China, and Japan. And um, it raised, this was like the most significant disruption, it said, because it, like, 40 nations is a ton. And so, um... Like, it said it deprived the Soviets of their chief athletic competition and raised doubts about the future of the Olympic movement. Because there was so much conflict that they, you know, thought, this may not happen anymore. <laughs> we might just all be in too much conflict. The 1996 Summer Games in Atlanta, Georgia were the largest ever, but they were marred by a bombing that took the lives of two people, it says. And then... In Sydney, it says politics took a back seat to the competition, although North and South Korea were temporarily reunited as athletes marched as one country in the opening ceremonies. Now, I included this line of the article because I just watched um, Yaomi Park's uh, podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast. I've seen her on a bunch of podcasts. She's like this amazing woman who escaped North Korea. She has the best attitude. She's like not a victim, but she has seen some horrific stuff, like absolutely horrific in North Korea. And she's really like trying to get the word out about like, why aren't we doing anything with North Korea? And that's because China is helping North Korea. Anyway, she is fantastic. And you should go watch Joe Rogan's um, podcast with her because it's like three hours long of like great discussion. But I am surprised by this. At the time, I remember watching, well, was it Sydney? Yeah, it must have been. I remember watching where, like, North and South Korea were marching under the same flag, and then they, um, I remember their hockey team played together, and they said that they weren't very, 
good because there's such a language difference between North and South Korea that it was hard for them to even understand each other. But it's just shocking to me that they would reunite because when Naomi, when Yaomi Park um, escaped, she escaped to partly to South uh, Korea and they do not like North Koreans. You know, it's like, it seems as though North and South Korea do not like each other at all. And then they somehow joined under the same flag. I mean, they were probably ordered to, but I don't know. That just seems shocking to me that they would have marched under the same flag after what I heard in that podcast because they did not seem to like each other. Um, okay, but then I want to talk about, now I want to talk about the current Olympic stories and just give my two cents on them. The first thing, obviously one of the biggest stories of the games was Simone Biles withdrawing from the gymnastics uh, team all-around competition. Now, when I read this, I was crushed. I was so devastated. I thought she was injured because it said that she landed weird on a vault and then like walked off and then came back in sweats. And I was like, oh no, how will she come back for, you know, the rest of the events? Well, then I read that it was for mental health reasons. And I'm going to be honest, my first reaction was like, are you kidding me? Is this what, like, is this what we've come to where the greatest athletes in the world just won't compete because of mental health? Like I was so skeptical and so upset, <laughs> like probably too upset. And I just thought it was terrible, really. But I've had like slightly a change of heart. I wouldn't say I'm fully there because, you know, I, I really like Simone. She is great. And I am sure that the pressure is so crazy. Like she couldn't go two steps without someone saying she was the greatest of all time and she would win and all that stuff. The thing that I'm, I do kind of, I mean, I can't say that I understand being an Olympic athlete at all, but, um, the one thing I feel like I could wrap my head around is the fact that like, if you're in a team competition and you just screw up a vault. So like they said that her vault was supposed to be two and a half twists. Well, no, her vault was supposed to be like even a crazier vault. Um, but then she just said like, I don't, something's, I feel like off and so she tried to do a two and a half twist, which is an easier vault for her. And when she went and she went on the vault, she like lost herself in the air. She only got a one and a half twist, which is like a very apparently easy vault. It was like way too easy for her. And then she still almost fell because she just like lost herself in the air. And so she felt so off that she withdrew because if she kept competing, then and she messed up again, like the, her team wouldn't get a medal. So like, would it have been probably better in my opinion to like, just pull it together really and like try not to mess up again? Yes. But the chances are like, if she was feeling so off, she knows her body, like even, I mean, she obviously knows her body better than anyone else. If she feels so off, like I can't understand withdrawing to not cost your team a medal that I kind of get because like the other day, this is not really that comparable, but it kind of is the other day or like a few weeks ago, I was playing tennis at uh, districts and usually before matches, I like make sure to go to a drill class or something to like really get some repetition on my strokes and then go play a match. Well, a couple weeks ago we had districts and I was playing 
and I noticed my forehand getting like bad. I was like, I cannot hit a forehand. But we were at this like tennis park where there were not any courts except for like 7 a.m. courts and I played at like three. So I wasn't gonna go do that. And I didn't have anyone to hit with. So I just didn't, I just went and I like just did three matches in a row. But progressively my forehand got worse and worse and worse all three matches. And eventually when I went back to a drill class, I literally could not hit a forehand. It took me like a full class and tr and like mixing up my stroke and everything to like kind of reset my brain and make me stop thinking about it for me to even hit a single forehand in. So I guess, you know, it makes sense that sometimes you're just so off that it is not going to get better that day. And she probably knew that that was like one of those situations. So, I mean, in that case, I think it's like kind of okay to withdraw, let your teammate who's on go, and then have your team win a medal. Like, that seems like it might be good for the benefit of the team. However, what I was then disappointed by was the fact that she didn't come back for the individual all around. Because I get not being good for that day, but then sitting in the, um, like, in the negative effects of the pressure and, like, sitting in, in that... I don't really like like that's where I think like okay maybe you should rally and and go like try to reset and then get back and compete valiantly because the one thing that's bothering me in this whole situation is like everyone is so is applauding it so much like I get it you can be like okay I understand you know I understand where she's coming from and like it sucks as a situation but everyone is so excited that she withdrew for mental health that is almost like a mental health, like mental health and withdrawing and just giving in to your mental health struggle is more honorable than just competing and losing. Like, in my opinion, that is more honorable. If she would have gotten back out in the individual all around and competed and tried to fight through some of the mental health stuff. I mean, I get the team all around because that's like the same day. I don't know if you can like bounce back the same day and or if, you know, things are just really off. But it seems like you could have, you know, in the the individual all around. And like I'm no gymnast expert, so obviously I don't know what all goes in that. Maybe you can't snap back in 3 days, who knows. But I just would have loved to see her come back because I do love her. I love Simone. She's like she's so nice. She's so great. And she's just like a class act. But I just really wish she would have come back for the individual all around. Um, but the next story is Suni Lee won the individual all around. And I love Suni Lee now. It kind of sucks, you know, the whole thing with Simone. Simone um, kind of sucks because she was like so favored going in and so famous that I really didn't even get to know the other gymnasts on the team. Like, I feel like... Uh, in previous years, I've known all of them. I've kind of been obsessed with all of them. But this year it was like just Simone, and I didn't even really know the other team until Suni Lee won the all around, and she is amazing. Her like her bar routine that I watched was incredible. She was really good. So congratulations to Suni Lee. Um, okay, two other stories I want to talk about really quick: race walking 50k. So. Race walking. I was watching this with my husband. We watched race walking for like two hours while we were doing other stuff. First of all, one of the most interesting sports ever. 
I was, you know, it looks so funny. It looks like that video of like the pack of birds, like slowly moving and walking in a huge group. Cause there will be like these groups as you know, kind of like in a bike race Peloton or a marathon, like everyone kind of clumps together at certain points and you would expect them to all be moving really fast. But like when it's on TV, it looks like they are just creeping along and it's just hilarious to watch. But very impressive because I looked up the times that they were doing this in and the guys average like seven minute miles at least. Um, women, I saw this woman um, in an article that I read that said she averaged like like uh, an eight thirty mile or something or eight minute mile and that is like faster than I run right now. I'm not in shape enough to run like a nine minute mile and she's walking an eight minute mile. So um, first of all, race walking, if you haven't seen it, just I would highly recommend. But there's this race called the 50K and obviously you walk 50K. But it is only a men's sport right now because there are so few women that do it. It just is super, super long. It's like 31 miles of walking. It's grueling. And right now only enough men to do it to like justify it to become a women's sport. Um, but I saw this thing that said that they were getting rid of it, um, like for the next Olympics, they were getting rid of the 50 K race walking for men. Now here's where it gets weird. They're getting rid of it because the IOC says that every sport has to have a men's version and a woman's version in the name of equality. I think that's stupid there could be a sport that men like more than women and there's just not enough women to do it, whatever. So they don't want to add like the IOC part of this. Well, let me tell you their decision first. They're getting rid of the 50 K because only men do it. So instead of adding a women's 50 K, they're just taking away the men's 50 K and 50 K is no longer going to be a sport, which I think is so dumb. And it sounds like universally everyone thinks it's dumb. So but for different reasons. And here's why many of the race walkers have come out and said that like they should just add a women's version, but the IOC, there's so many events. The IOC is trying not to add any more events, but they're also trying to make everything equal. So like people want them to be, want the IOC to add the women, but the IOC decided that because, you know, they have this policy of gender equality that, you know, they're just going to get rid of the men's race if women can't do it. And that way they're not adding another event uh, and everything's equal. I think that is stupid because like, I understand if you can't add another event like logistically, or if there's like literally not enough women doing it. It sounds like there were like seven of the 50 K walkers in co-ed races are women. So it doesn't exactly constitute an Olympic sport because there's just not that many people doing it. So I get that, but that does not mean that you have to take away the men's. There can be differences. Like not every sport has to have a men's version and a women's and a woman's version. Like if there's a sport that a lot of women do and not a lot of men do, you should be able to have that sport if it's Olympic watching worthy, you know? So I just don't, I just don't understand that. 
I think that's like rhythmic gymnastics too. Like, isn't rhythmic gymnastics like pretty much all uh, women, I thought. And I thought that was an Olympic sport. Um, I might have to look that up and get back on that because I definitely thought that that was like the equivalent of the only girl version. Okay, I'm back from a quick research break and this is ridiculous. So they got rid of the 50k men's race because there was no women's equivalent and as I mentioned, the IOC said that it all had to be equal. However, I looked up rhythmic gymnastics because rhythmic gymnastics is a lot different than, I don't know what the other like regular, more commonly done gymnastics is actually called, but there's something called rhythmic gymnastics and it is only a women's sport right now. There are men that do it in the world, but it's not an Olympic sport. So if they're so like wanting everything to be even, why is rhythmic gymnastics or synchronized swimming, neither of which have a men's side. Um, why aren't those being like considered sexist? Like, shouldn't you include a men's or if you don't want to add a sport, you should be taking away the women's. I hate this like sexism or like woke stuff when it only goes one way. So like, oh, well, the women can't be in the 50K. So we're just going to like take away the sport for men too. But then when it's the other way and men don't have rhythmic gymnastics or synchronized swimming, then no one cares. Like, if you're going to enforce a rule, enforce it across the board. I do not understand. Um, but anyway, so that's the 50k thing. If Again, if you like, if you haven't seen race walking, highly recommend. It is so crazy. They have like two penalties, one for bending your knee as your body goes over your leg your knee has to be completely straight or else you get like a um, flag penalty card and then you have to go into this box um, as a penalty box for five whole minutes which is like almost their full mile so it puts you at such a disadvantage and the other one is like if um, they consider it race walking if one of your feet are always on the ground um, because running obviously you're like airborne at some point. So race walking, one of your feet always has to be in contact with the ground. And so it is funny how they like kind of try to skirt the rules. Like they try to kind of toe the line of like having both having a foot on the ground versus like jogging a little bit. And so there's refs to look out for that. And those are the only two things you can do wrong really in a race walking event. So, um, okay. And then the last like Olympic story I want to talk about is this karate story. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this, but um, there in the karate finals, it was a Saudi Arabian man. And I think he was fighting a guy from Iran, Iran or Iraq, one of those. Um, and he basically, the guy from Saudi Arabia kicked the other guy so hard that the other guy like collapsed, had to have oxygen, got his, like went out on a stretcher, all of this. He got checked or he got kicked so hard that he like fell down and all this stuff. So everyone was excited that Saudi Arabia won. Everyone like the arena was like all, everything was exciting. But then the ref in like the, literally the final second 
counted that kick as an unchecked attack and disqualified the Saudi Arabian guy. And the other guy who got knocked out cold won the gold medal. And you can see pictures of them, like, both on the podium receiving their medals, and they both look dead in the eyes. Like, the Saudi Arabian guy was very gracious about it. He's like, I disagree with the decision, but I'm happy with how I fought, and of course I wanted the gold, but it's fine. Like, he, he wasn't, you know, he said, like, of course I wanted to win, but I'm, I like how I fought. And of course he did, because he knocked the guy out. It seemed absolutely ridiculous. Maybe if I was born to karate, I would know what an unchecked kick is. I've tried to look it up so many times, but literally the only things that come up are the story about this guy um, saying that it was called an un, like an unchecked attack or whatever. And um, they don't really specify what that means. And then the only thing that I can find like in karate rules is flagged as a malicious website. So I cannot find for the love of me what an unchecked attack is but it just means like essentially he couldn't defend it or something he got kicked too hard and he got injured and so he got disqualified which is kind of similar to the simone biles thing where it's like oh you're so good you're so much better than everyone else well we're gonna dock you because someone could get injured like he kicked too hard and simone biles was too good and she was doing too hard of things that if anyone else tried they might get injured like i hate that so much that guy clearly was the better fighter. He should have gotten the gold. So the good news coming out of the Olympics is that America still has the most golds and the most medals. We narrowly beat China in the number of golds by, I think, one. I think it was like 35 to 34 gold medals to, um, like, comparison gold medals America to China. And then we, like, destroyed on how many medals we got. So... Olympics are always super fun. I really like them. I was disappointed at how little I actually watched this year, to be honest, because of the whole time change thing. And I don't know, with no with no one in the crowd, it seemed kind of lame, honestly. Like, I don't know. It just seemed not like the usual Olympics. There was not that much hype around it. So, I mean, I still enjoyed watching what I did. Um, the women's triathlon was really amazing to watch because they came across and like all chatting and happy and they were just beasts. Um, but yeah, it's so fun to watch. I should have, I should have probably put more time into watching more, but I did not. So next time I am excited for the winter Olympics, which I think is only now in one year since, um, this Olympics got delayed and I love ice skating and bobsled in the winter Olympics. So I'll be looking out for those. And now you know the history of why winter Olympics are next year instead of this year. So anyway, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for your patience with this being up a day late. And I hope you guys all enjoyed watching the Olympics. Go USA!